wake up and get out of bed Don't delay your sleepy head Grab a seat on the couch Listen to what we're talking about In a Saturday morning pajamas Hello and welcome. Pour yourself a bowl of cereal, grab a spot on the couch, and join us in our Saturday morning pajamas. My name is Jax, and I'm here today with something a little bit different. Past few weeks, we've been doing things a little bit older. Today, we're going to do things that are both a little bit newer. We're going to be looking at some great movies I found through Redbox and Showtime that were really neat here about in theaters, and I just kind of stumbled upon them. So, they are of the horror genre, but they're not scary. They, I mean, you might jump a little a once or twice, but really... They are another story entirely that has the background of a horror movie. Interested? Well, keep listening and you will find out more and maybe find yourself a new movie to watch on the Saturday evening. So, first movie is going to be a movie that was released last year in 2015. It is called The Final Girls. I know what you're thinking. Didn't Jax, didn't you just do a movie called The Final Girl or Final Girl? And what are you talking about? You can't do this twice. Uh, you've run out of ideas. No. This is actually a different movie called The Final Girls. The last one was Final Girl. Yes, both have similar names. Yes, both were released in 2015. Yes, both had one of the same stars. But they are different movies. <laughs> so, this one was just a red box find. I was curious when I saw it while peering through the options one day. Um, the mobile app, I decided to look at the IMDb. It looked interesting. So I went ahead and took it for a rent, and it is actually now on my list of DVDs, Blu-rays to buy. Yes, soon this will be part of the DVD shelf of Doom, but until then, we have Redbox, and we're going to talk about it. So the outline for this movie. What I know first is pop it into, sorry about the noise, pop that into my Blu-ray player, and while I'm doing other stuff just to get ready, I'm like, okay, why are there so many, what's the politically correct term? Chick flicks. Why are there so many chick flick trailers here? I mean, we had the trifecta of recent chick flicks with Aloha starring Emma Stone, Bradley Cooper, and Rachel McAdams. And they're showing Aloha before this movie. So I'm getting some weird feelings here. Then... They showed the trailer for Pixels, and I'm like, oh, God, what have I gotten myself into? Oh, please at least be so bad it's good, entertaining. Please give me something redeemable. And it did. So this movie, what it is about is it's essentially a one of those mother-daughter, we-need-to-reconnect-type movies, you know, get-together but set to a backdrop of a horror film. And before I lose you, listen up, because this is gonna get, it's going to get good fast. It is a good movie. Basically, this movie stars Tasia Faminga. Um, yeah, I have no clue if I'm pronouncing that right. Um, probably not. And Malin Ackerman. Again, I don't know if I'm pronouncing these right. This is what IMDb told me. And maybe it's easier if I tell you where we know them from. So, uh, Tasia 
is the daughter in the first in American Horror Story. She plays the daughter in the first season, and then she plays the the witch they start out featuring on season three's Coven. That was season three, right? Yeah, Murder House Asylum Coven. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so that's her, and I thought she did a great job. She plays the daughter in this movie, and her first who played her mom. She was, I have notes here, she was, she played Constance in Rock of Ages, we will get to that gold mine of entertainment soon enough, she also was the Silk Spectre 2 in the Watchmen films, film, two, yeah, no, film, and then for those chip flicks, she played the Sister Tess in 27 Justice, she did a great job as well. Their story is that 20 years ago, in 1986, the mom, who, yeah, I forgot her character's name. I have it written down. I saw this a couple days ago. I apologize. The mom was it was a young 20-something actress who was in a horror movie called Camp Bloodbath. Uh, it's really we actually see a trailer for this movie at one point during the film, and. It's a Friday the 13th knockoff, except the people are a bit douchier. <laughs> um, I would say they're a bit more over the top, but I've been watching those movies since I was a little kid. They got the acting for how that movie was good. So, she was an actress, and she's still trying to be an actress 20 years later. She just, every time she goes on a casting call or uh, to an interview or audition, they're, they want, they always know her from somewhere. And she brings up, like, a CSI or a, some other procedural drama arc she had. Nope, it's Camp Bloodbath. She just cannot be taken seriously. Well, so, you know what? Whatever. We won't let bother us. You know, mom-daughter share a moment there. Daughter's actually the one who takes care of mom. That usual trope. And then one of the things I totally wanted to see was a car accident where the mom was killed. Yeah, this was not a week for that. For personal reasons, I just had a friend who was in a bad car accident and passed away. Would have liked some warning that the Sleepaway Camp movie I'm seeing has something that's going to be a possible trigger for those who've been in car accidents. Wasn't as bad as the first episode of Lost for those who are afraid of flying. But still, it was, it is a little warning if you do have that sort of trigger. So it's now three years later we pick up. And the daughter is convinced by her best friend's stepbrother to go to a screening of Count Bloodbath 1 and 2 uh, on the anniversary of her mom's death. And, yeah, she does not want to go. I don't blame her. But there's an incentive that involves her having a way to actually pass school by getting some help in one of her classes. She wants to graduate, so she goes. At the cinema, everybody's having a good time except the daughter. Blah, blah, blah. Circumstances, plot device, what have you. Fire breaks out. Instead of heading to the exits because people are running, they head to the front. And instead of going to the sides of the screen where the exit doors are, somehow they have a machete. Yeah. And they cut through the screen and end up in this really fairy tale world. And it's just like creepy, happy, sunshiny, perfect little piece of summer world. And then they see it. 
the van, all the counselors are driving in at the beginning of the movie, and they see the counselors, and they are just in shock. So they really just move to the side of the road, don't do nothing. And they sit there for about 92 minutes. 92 minutes later, the van comes by again. Does anyone want to guess how long Camp Bloodbath runs? I'll give you a hint. It's not 93 minutes. It's not 91 minutes. So eventually the kids, because um, it is the girl, her friend, stepbrother, her crush, um, another bitchy old friend, who wind up in the movie. They realize they're in the movie. And, well, who else did I say was in the movie but the girl's mom. So... We the, after some this or that going on, the kids find out like we just have to survive the movie. If we can survive the movie, then we'll be out of it. We'll be good. We'll be safe. Well, one person, the friend's stepbrother, has this marvelous idea like, oh my god, this is cool, and he wants for long things. He wants to hook up with the girls because he knows they're easy and yeah, he's uh, he's a bit touched. Um. And possibly a bit dead. And, you know, I'm not going into more details on that, but possibly I'm saying. So, you gotta kind of watch the movie to see what happens. So, he has that going on, and he is gone. So, then we have the... So, that's going on. And then the daughter, she is trying to protect the character her mom plays. Trying to protect her virginity, because, you know, know the rule of the horror movies. Virgins and slut, Virgins live, sluts die. It's a trope, but she does what she can to keep her together. So they have all this going on. They make it through. And let's just say, remember what I said was going on that night at the cinema, and you will find out what happens at the end of the movie. All right, so that's basically the plot. I went like about first act-ish for you, set it up. I would uh, Overall, I definitely like this movie. Um, it does have those chick flicky moments, have those little, you know, parts, but it is, it's funny. It's, since I've been watching horror movies so long, I have been desensitized to a lot. So I actually like how this is creative and this is something a little bit sweet while mixing in the excitement from the horror, the gore, not really, but ish, and all those elements I know. So it's something familiar with another type of new it's new to me some of the notes that I took just to let you know is that I do love how when they did show the trailer for the movie within the movie <laughs> how they showed the Camp Bloodbath trailer I thought the trailer summed up the movie perfectly it was really bad and it just had the best tagline ever they're not singing Kumbaya yet they're singing Kumbaya new it's, it's that cheese that just, just gets me, that pulls me in, right there. As well, there was a great scene where one of the friends, she's getting through school with the help of Adderall, and that just happened to make it into a movie with her because it was what was on her. It was in her purse. And this one girl who plays the super slut in the movie, she finds them and she's like, what are these? Nothing, don't touch them. Yeah, well, at one point she ends up taking a few of the pills and when they ask her she is the character's name is Tina and just made she did a great job because she plays silly and dip, ditzy really well that actress so I and I know it sometimes takes someone who is a bit 
You have to be really smart to play stupid, and so she did it really well. And she reminded me of Foam with a Squirrel, where she goes, I had three, no ten, no thirty! It just really made me love that part. Uh, something else I loved about this movie is that it had a really great... I keep hitting my mic. I apologize for any extra sounds. Uh, it's about 12.37, and this was supposed to go up an hour ago, so, and a half ago. So, I apologize for extra noises. Okay, I'll stop talking about shit I should talk about. Uh, things I did like is that the soundtrack, it had a lot of great 80s songs. Um, I mean, there was the usual Mickey by Tony Basil, but then they also used Betty Davis Eyes as like a big song in the movie, which while reading the trivia made me see that they were actually trying to get a more known Madonna song. I'm not saying no, but a lot more popular Madonna song. I'm glad they went with the one they did since it's something, again, that's different. It's not overused. And it's just enough to give a little bit more specialness to the movie. So all in all, I, I again, I recommend this movie. I would give it a 4 out of 5 stars just overall. Uh, for the comedy, for the uniqueness, the cinematography was great. The acting was good. The, the, the pacing was good. Um, which I have to say is an issue in some other movies these days, but all those things together really came together quite well. So, I just for that quality, I do give it a 4 out of 5 stars. And we're going to go stars because I haven't decided which random shape I'm going to go with. So, 4 out of 5. <laughs> 4 out of 5 machetes. There we go. Okay, so that was our first film. And then the second film, I actually just finished a little bit ago. It is a film that I found while browsing through IMDb and seeing what was similar as well as doing a little bit extra research on what I had available. Thanks to some service issues, my current cable provider has offered me some free months of Showtime. Showtime has shown me, this, has shown me the next movie called Blood Sucking Bastards. Now what can we be talking about? Could we be talking about the plethora of mosquitoes that bit me the other day? And I'm trying not to itch. We could, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about, you know, not Edward, not Lestat, but vampires. Good ones. Uh, the old tropey, funny ones. Um, okay. So, this is the movie. It's, this one's not going to rate as high as I, I as last movie, but I still think that it is worth checking out. I'm going to come right out and say it. First, first half. Oh, it's hour and 24 minutes. The first half, easy. You can be browsing Facebook, browsing your phone, doing something the while, and still understand what's going on the screen. It is very slow to start. Everyone's annoying. You get the basics, and those things go on. They, I get the filmmakers were trying to build, but they didn't quite build enough. <laughs> I want to say they they built, but they they built too much. They just things were prolonged. We really didn't get to action for a long time. I mean, you could tell something was amiss, but you just didn't know what direction this everything was going. I mean, it's clear from the artwork and from the descriptions, everything that's given when you look up the movie. It's vampires, but you didn't know. You know, are we gonna go to the Lost Boys type vampires? Are we going to do Vampire Lestat from that Anne Rice movie, Interview with the Vampire? Are we going to go 
sparkle pyres like Edward. You know, we don't know. So it's it took some time to get into that. So the first half movie easy, slow. Give it time. The final act makes up for that. And it is actually something I'm looking forward to watching again from the beginning just to see if there might be some more redeeming qualities I missed during my first viewing that after seeing the ending are, you know, bring other parts of the movie to be redeemed. So basically what's going on is we have this guy named Evan. Evan works at a shitty call center. He, it's, uh, maybe half a dozen, maybe a dozen people on phones because you never quite see everyone at the same time. So it's hard to tell. Um, but they are the ones who answer your phone call when you're up at 2 in the morning and you are seeing the telemarketing ads for Extends, for Shakeway, for uh, whatever that Fen Fen, you know, weight loss stuff, whatever. These are the people who take the calls to do... To, uh, to place your order for these things. So there are a sales call center, and that's their job. Well, no one takes it seriously. Yeah, a couple guys who sit there playing video games all day on the computers. You got one guy who's looking at adult content the whole time. You have... Uh, uh, there's some females who work there that they really don't go into until it's time to actually turn them or use them for something else. Um, so I really can't comment on what they do all day, but... It's a shitty call center. What are you going to do? Um, but then we have Evan. Evan really wants to be sales manager. He wants to rise above. He wants to grow with the company. I'm pretty sure he just wanted off the damn phones. But he seems to care. Uh, can't tell if he truly cares or if he just cares enough that he, because he wants to get out of his current position. But Evan cares. Well, Evan starts seeing weird things happening with some of the workers, and then he is, he thought he was a shoo-in for the sales manager position. He was even an acting sales manager. But no, his boss bought in a new guy with whom he has a history. Uh, see, back in college, they had a little tiff, and this and that happened, and the other guy got kicked out of school, and uh, yeah, but he seems to have buried the hatchet, so I'm sure things are going to be just fine between them. Oh, also going on is Evan was dating the woman in HR. However, he fucked up bad when she said, I love you. Just so you know, there is a wrong thing to say. I will quote some things that he could have said that the movie brings up. He could have said nothing. He could have called her a bitch. He could have said anything else in the world except what came out of his mouth. No? Yeah, that that's the wrong thing to say, guys. Just just so you know, that as a girl, that is the wrong thing to say if someone says they love you. So we have that going on there. So she's at odds with him throughout the movie because she's still a little bit annoyed and she wants to make sure he knows that. Uh, but you get the kind of feeling that they're still she still likes him. It's just she's pissed. So we have that going sorry going on there. Um, but then this guy comes in named Max, and he's the old friend, and he has an MBA. He's made sales manager, which pisses Evan off. Um, but then he starts making changes, and then the employees start getting better at their jobs. They become more serious. They're taking things importantly. It's almost like, a, I don't know who remember this movie called Disturbing Behavior. 
it came out like in 1999, starred Katie Holmes and James Marsden, I think. Yeah. Um, and people basically using this brainwash implant thingy on kids' minds. And if anyone is interested, I might actually talk about that later. But that, you know, that whole kind of mind control thing, that's what the people gave off a vibe, like something was controlling them. And Evan knows some shit's up. He swears he saw his co-worker Mike dead. He saw the dead body, but when he went to get help, and they came back, he was gone. Mm. I mean, it's not like the company would do anything with the janitor staff first, since they have to clean up bodies or anything. No. So, we have that going on. And so no one believes him, especially his girl, um, we'll call her girlfriend, whatever, the HR lady, Amanda. So, you know, we got her not believing him, and He's trying to convince his boss, but really he's also trying to convince her because he he does love her. He just he's a dumbass and doesn't know what to say. <laughs> so what did I write here? Oh, sorry for that. But, um, so all that's going on, and then we have to worry about you know what's going on. So. Finally get to the third act. Third act is when everyone finds out there's fucking vampires. Evan finds out how his company is going to handle the vampires. And then we also found that vampires, when staked or beheaded, explode and like a gusher and blood goes everywhere. Which makes for some interesting images. <laughs> it's more cartoony than it is with the violence, with, oh, not the violence, with the music, with the dialogue. It is more cartoony than it is serious, so it's definitely not going to be one of those hostile or collector type situations where I'm just like, eh. They did this in a, we'll, we'll, go, we'll use the word tasteful. We'll, we'll use the word tasteful. So they did this in a tasteful manner. So that was something that was really liked as well. I think my favorite line in the movie is when Evan is there in the evening working on some reports and someone starts chasing him. So he starts running. He doesn't know who's behind him because he's scared and it's dark. Those were his excuses later on when he finds out who's chasing him. And he picks up, like, a coffee mug to throw or something. And it's a Harvard mug. And he's like, uh, da, da, da. And he goes, somebody here went to Harvard? As someone who's worked in the call centers in the past, um, especially in the lower level where he was at, that is something quite shocking just because of how crummy that. Typically, if you had them, might go to Harvard or you go to Harvard you were able to get yourself an internship or something, or your family had money. You had something that got you up a bit more. Uh, I mean, at the very least, a Harvard degree would get you out of entry level, which means you would get out of the area where Evan was seeing people's personal belongings, and that's part of the movie. Overall, again, with just the third act being great, I'm going to give this a three out of five stars. Wasn't bad. Really enjoyed it. I am going to be giving it a second viewing. I do find that the ending, you know, the character, you find out more about the characters. It was very entertaining. It did have that redeemable quality. Um, for those of you who've seen The Skeleton Key, it's similar to that movie where the first uh, one to two acts were kind of slow. You couldn't tell what was quite going on. You know, you're, you there was nothing that engaged you fully. There was just a general sense of curiosity but then you get to the ending and it's like oh my god this makes sense I love this movie so definitely something to check out 
it is not rated, so I can't tell you just how to think of it in terms of that. I'm not sure why it's not rated, but it definitely, it, there's nothing there that would push it into NC-17 or anything of that nature. No, um, there's some violence, there's some cursing, really that's it. You know, I don't think there's any nudity, there's no nudity, um, I don't think they use, I don't think they said fuck too much, I, I, if they did, my brain's desensitized to it, but for the most part, it was very, it was mild, it was mild to moderate, so definitely check that out. So that about concludes our podcast for this week. I'd like to thank you all, or not this week, for today. I'd like to thank everyone for listening, and I hope everyone goes check out these movies. If you check out one of the movies, please leave me a comment on the blog post at nonoms.net. I would love to see just, you know, what some of my people's thoughts are. Maybe I'll include a little note, you know, in a later episode. As always, if you are enjoying this podcast, please be sure to, you know, subscribe. We are on iTunes. We are on the Google Play Music it took a few days for my app to actually get updated with the new Google Play Music app that now includes podcasts. But we are there. We're up to date. So you can always catch us there on the go. Um, and Google, right now I do have Google, uh, right now I have YouTube Red because there was a dollar promo for three months. So I'm enjoying my three months of no ads. <laughs> but you can get a lot more if, you, if that's your type of thing. If you love music that way, check it out. We're also on Stitcher. I'd like to thank everyone on Stitcher. You know, we are really enjoying all of your listens, all your plays. So we'd love to hear your comments at the website, nonoms.net. Um, and if you don't have Stitcher but you're curious about it, go to Stitcher's website and check it out. You can get the free app today. One more thing I do want to mention is that we are still looking for patrons. We have something where we, we, we would love your support. If you do like us and you want to help us support, you know, you support us, you give us money, hey, we will listen to you more. You have a suggestion and you think it's something that I probably won't like, or you're just curious to hear what I have to say, go on the website, click on the link for Podbean Patron, give me a donation, and I will take your suggestion, no matter how dumb. I could not even make it, I made it halfway through Transformers Age of Extinction. If you donate, I will watch the rest of that movie. So you know what? Support me. And I will support you and sit through something for you. <laughs> that's today's promise. I'm not guaranteeing how long that's going to be good for. But in all seriousness, leave me comments. Let me know how you're all doing. If you want to support us, great. If not, hey, that's cool. We appreciate you as listeners anyway. And we just love that we're being heard. So that's all for today. My name again is Jax. This has been Saturday Morning Pajamas. And we'll be back next week on Tuesday. Or, yeah, for Tuesday with a brand new episode. So, until then, stay cool.